Lipkin, welcome to the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Today we're just going to get right into it. Uh, no introduction or anything. Um, and I wanted to start off with a pro tip, and this is to put every single day up for review. And what I mean by that, or actually what Socrates meant by that, is that you need to, at the end of each day, collect what you did, what you, what you didn't do, what you could have improved on, times where you may have let go of your emotions or stuff like that, and review those moments throughout your day in a holistic manner at the end of each day. And what you can do if you do that every day, especially if you write it down, you can help yourself find patterns in the way that you're living so that things like that may have uh, consistently happened to you that have elicited some kind of response. You're able to isolate those things and figure out what those are. Uh, and then it also gives you opportunity to improve on the things that you're already doing good at. And uh, there's a lot of good to that. So um, he says also right before he died that the unexamined life is not worth living. And it, it, that's a powerful statement, but, you know, it's, it carries a lot of weight too. So today I kind of wanted to talk about uh, the idea and concept of self-consciousness and I, and how I think it may have arose. And again, this is all me. It, this this is not conjecture. It's not completely out of the blue, but you know, there's a little bit of backing I think to it. But again, take it with a grain of salt. This is all out of my own brain. So if you hear that, that's th thunder in the background. It's going pretty crazy, but I'm going to keep going because this is not going to stop. Uh, so we'll never really understand entirely how other people are feeling like we, we can't really control their thoughts opinions and emotions and we don't really know if other people's convictions that they hold against us are even really true and carry any weight but we uh, otherwise are still affected by it well nevertheless are still affected by them um, and so why is this you know why why do we get so affected by it we will never really understand those people fully because they're another entity they're not us we have no idea what they're thinking 90 percent of the time unless they tell us um, and so if we really get caught into this, uh, uh, trying to forecast what people are thinking about us, it really arises in a mostly negative self-consciousness and this awareness of, of things you're not efficient at in your mind, but they may not even think it. So, um, and I'm going to try to describe this real quick with a historical view on how I think self-consciousness and insecurity arose to begin with. Ever since the beginning of time, we've lived in a sort of dominance hierarchy. And this materializes between a predator trying to dominate its prey, a powerful group trying to take precedent over a smaller group, a large star versus a moon that it brings into its orbit and eventually swallows it. So it, this hierarchy took its pure form in the chaotic nature of the early universe, and that lasted for billions of eons. But the universe very, very slowly began to organize itself. Like this, humans have evolved to try and control the natural order of things, to establish dominance over the haphazard chaos of raw nature. And nature isn't completely unorganized, and that's not what I'm saying here. Uh, nature is actually surprisingly organized with things like the Fibonacci sequence and population growth theorems present in all kinds of things in nature, so uh, that would be a fallible argument. Um, but anyways, it, it, it still was very, very unorganized and inhospitable by today's standards. And so naturally, as humans, we wanted to control that chaos and establish safety for us and our tribe to perpetuate ourselves. And to do this, we had to establish certain methods and techniques in order to keep us alive. And these things included effective leadership, effective communication, and effective reproduction. And those are just a few, but the key word there, if you couldn't tell, was effective. Um, and in order to be effective, you have to have a less effective measure 
or a more effective measure to pretty much measure against in order to determine whether or not that measure that you're talking about is actually effective, right? And so I think this is where the two concepts come together. Um, and so this materializes pretty much in the scenario of the tribe being those members who are strong versus those who are weak. And that would be an efficiency differentiation there. And, and those who had the sharp mind versus those who did not have the sharp mind. Those who were the desirable mating partner versus those who were not the desirable mating partner. Um, and because of this, humans have always strived to become more effective in relation to their, their counterparts because, you know, our perpetuation, our, our survival is our instinctual first thing that we care about, right? I mean, it's just we, we all have that innateness to stay alive. And back in the day, these inefficiencies were enough to mean the difference between life and death. Like, imagine if you were an inefficient runner back in saber-tooth uh, tiger days, right? I mean, <laughs> saber-tooth cat or saber-tooth tiger, am I saying it wrong? Somebody correct me. But anyways, uh, nowadays, though, you know, we're the typical human is thrust into society and we're competing with other people over natural resources, uh, which would include money and, and houses and food, and then mating partners, uh, you know, spouses, dominance, influence, um, and a countless no number of other things as well. And so in today's society, in order to become more well off, we need to become more efficient and comparative to other people in society. And so over time, these efficiencies and inefficiencies became more developed and more recognized by the other people in society. And I think that right there serves as the precedent to insecurity and subconsciousness uh, because that will cause you to be self-aware self rather of what you are not efficient at comparative to other people and that really starts the whole thing in your brain. Oh really, am I not good enough for this? Even that saying right there, am I not good enough, is a prime example um, of this, it, you know, comparing yourself to other people, because in order to be good at something, <laughs> you have to have somebody else to base that on. And you're probably basing that on another person in society that you've met or that you idolize. So we've evolved to stop and think about things. And while that is extremely, extremely important in our development, I mean, like massively important, it also has the ability to hinder our potential. Um, in, instead of, you know, just taking the first step sometimes and saying, yeah, I took that first step. That was my first thing that I got to do. A lot of us will, will think about taking that first step and consider whether or not we will succeed before we even try. And so I know what a lot of you guys are thinking. Is he telling us that we shouldn't plan? <laughs> no, you should plan, of course. Plan accordingly. Think ahead. But don't give too much heed to it that it would hinder your potential and, and kind of stop you from taking that first motion, that first step. So I went on a little tangent there. My bad. Let's go ahead and go back to what I was talking about with the inefficiencies and how they contribute to insecurity. And so if that holds any weight, uh, then what we can think then is if we just become more efficient at the things we're less efficient at, then we can reduce our self-consciousness and we can reduce our insecurity. And yes, on the majority of things, you can develop almost everything. It, even if it's an, a th something that you think is inherently bad about you, it, it could definitely be improved on. And so what we could say is an inefficient measure is only inefficient because it is yet to become efficient. And, and you're probably like, yeah, duh. <laughs> and I know it's kind, of, it's kind of common sense, but really, if you think about this, then self-consciousness is only that way because you've yet to become confident in the things you're self-conscious about. And that uh, that applies perfectly, right? So if you think, you know, I'm, I'm a bad singer, right? I'm just a terrible singer, but I've always wanted to sing. 
Well, you haven't practiced enough. You haven't stretched your vocal cords enough. You haven't tried enough chords and melodies, and you haven't listened to enough music theory. Boom. Do all those things, and you'll get better at singing, 100%. I mean, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, you may say, I'm, I'm a, inherently I'm a bad swimmer. No, you just haven't done enough laps. It's, it's that kind of thing right there. Anything can be improved on, and so any insecurity can be reversed. But I think that today's society is making it especially hard for people to overcome their insecurities. And without bringing politics or any kind of left right into this, I'm going to try to explain it um, on, on, a, on a very just level basis. And with this whole safe space thing and no critical constructive debate uh, and that being ruled out of traditional schooling and stuff like that, um, that is making it harder for people to realize what they're what they're not efficient at, and instead they are com they get complacent. People are saying, "Yeah, just be okay with who you are right now, completely okay with it." And I think that's wrong because if you become complacent in who you are, you won't improve and you won't get better. Because everybody has the daily potential to Im improve upon themselves. It's without a doubt that is a law of nature if you apply yourself and you actually do that. Um, but today society is telling people just to be okay with who they are right now and right here. And I think that is wrong and, and we should seek to be better every single day. And I'm not saying don't be confident in who you are. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that if we have an inefficiency, we should seek to improve upon it instead of becoming stagnant with it. Because then those things will become accentuated and people will be able to notice them even more and it will hold us back more than it would leap us forward if we were to actually just take a little bit of time to improve upon that. Um, and also another thing, because I'm on the subject that we we are really struggling with today is a critical constructive debate. I mean, I was listening to this podcast about this professor who's a very, very brilliant guy in studying Socratic thinking. And he said that there is a bias hotline at his university. Now I went to a Southern university. And so, I mean, there might be some people tuning in from, from all kinds of places, but we don't have that, and I'm very glad. But, but, but even the thing is, we don't have critical debate anymore. And critical debate in the Socratic view is the most important thing in refining your ideas and refining your philosophy. Because if you have nobody to challenge your view, there's, there's no way you can really improve upon it except to your own extent. And, and that is limited. And other people give you the chance to think about things that you couldn't have thought of yourself. And this also ties into the idea of not wanting to offend others and not wanting wanting to be offended or triggered. I mean, I think that whole thing right there is just a massive sign of, of what we're talking about, insecurity. The, if you are getting triggered by something, it's most likely because the, the point that you think was right was just beat in a valid argument and you don't have anything to say back to it. So instead of taking it as criticism and, t and saying, yes, I'm going to improve my point now, it's I'm offended. And, and I think that scope of offense has become exponential. I mean, anybody can get offended over anything nowadays. And, and so that hinders free debate. That hinders free speech. You can't have intellectual, uh, you know, uh, conversations because you, you may offend somebody. But I still talk the, the way I've always talked with, with people. If someone says something that is like, that, that is uh, kind of uh, ignorant that I'm going to try to call it out so that they can improve upon it. And I hope they do the same for me as well. And what a lot of people don't get is that this would do leaps and bounds for society if we were all to be a little more constructive with each other and not so just accepting of what you're not good at right now and just saying, okay, yeah, just accept it. Say, no, dude, like, like you need to improve on this and tomorrow I'll do something to improve upon it. And, and that would really do a lot. So I wondered if I uh, triggered anybody with this, but <laughs> anyways, if you're sticking around, you're probably not triggered because the trigger people would, would just go away. Um, but anyways, so thank you for tuning in. Let's, uh, this is a longer one, but I did want to 
get that point across. Um, and then on the next episode, we may elaborate on that a little more. But this was just completely off the top, unorganized, and I hope it was good. So I'll see you on the next podcast. Until then, stay easy. Peace out.